Hello and welcome to today, today's podcast from Hempson's about admitting a new partner to your GP partnership. Uh, thank you for joining me, Justin Cumberbatch, a partner in our um, corporate primary care team and Kirsty O'Dell, who is an associate lawyer in our corporate primary care team as well. Hi, so, Kirsty, can I just ask you what's the golden rule in bringing a, in a new partner to your partnership? Well, I think number one from the legal perspective is is definitely to make sure that they're bound by a partnership agreement. So we always talk in, in these podcasts about how important it is for, for GP partnerships to have um, partnership agreements in place. And with a new partner joining, if you don't update your deed or agree for them to be bound by the, the terms of an existing deed, um, then you could become a partnership at will. And that's a risky position to be in. So, I mean, it, it, it means liaising with the new partner about what your existing partnership agreement says. Um, agreeing the particular terms about um, their appointment as a partner. So that might be things like whether they've got to serve a probationary period, whether there's a requirement to buy into the property, for example. Um, so agree all of those terms and then either update your partnership agreement to, to add them as a partner or um, enter into what we call um, a deed of adherence where, where they, they agree to be bound by the, the terms of, of your deed. So, so Justin, um, what else is important for for partners well, to th think about? Well, I think um, the other thing too is who this new partner is, because increasingly people are taking on non-clinical partners, and there the rules are slightly different. So, you you um, really have to look at your partnership deed and see if it is appropriate for non-clinical partners as opposed to clinical partners and certainly when we're told a non-clinical partner is joining we do change the partnership deed to reflect that. Uh, one of the differences is of course they are they don't have MDU or MPS um, insurance cover uh, and when you think of a claim coming in from a patient they often name the partnership as a whole as well as any individual GP who treated them as the defendant. So that potentially leaves a non-clinical partner exposed to meeting a claim out of their own resources because it's not covered by insurance. So if you're taking on a non-clinical partner, you do need to make sure you've got partnership-wide insurance cover. It should be covered by CNSGP but it might not be. So I think that that's another thing you need to think about when taking on a, a, a partner. Yeah, and when we're thinking about who the partner should be, it, it might be different depending on the size of your partnership as well. So, you know, larger partnerships may have more room for, for diversity and different um, opinions and personalities coming through, whereas for the, the smaller, quite intricate um, partnerships maybe if you're just a, a two-partner practice then then actually it's potentially more important that you get on well with each other because you are going to be working so closely together and, and that you've got the same sort of ethos and, and ideas about how the, the practice should be run going forwards. Yeah absolutely um, the difficult bit is when you're moving from uh, you know 
three or four partners and then realizing you are now becoming a bigger practice. So changing that ethos, realize, understanding that there's maybe a cultural change that needs to be made um, to work in a more systematic way, in a more um, corporate fashion. And some organizations just fail to take that on and then it becomes muddled because everybody is trying to participate in everything, but actually you're a large organization. Uh, stepping up to that change is quite a difficult thing for people to do um, and recognizing it is part of success really. Yeah, absolutely. And some things that, that they might want to consider as part of that, I guess, is the decision making processes. Um, so, you know, often in larger partnerships, you can afford to to delegate certain decision making responsibilities to a smaller group of the partners. Um, so, you know, you only require, say, a majority of the partners to agree something. Um, but then you've still got big ticket decisions like for example, something something big like terminating your NHS contract, for example, um, that you'd you'd certainly want a much higher majority and and probably potentially unanimous decision for for something like that. So, um, yeah, you you certainly need to have mechanisms in place that that have a, an appropriate voting structure um, and governance that is and that's also for, true for the partnership. Yeah, I mean it's also true in bringing in a new partner, isn't it? I mean. So when you're two or three, you probably want unanimous decision. By the time you're five or six, um, having unanimous decision becomes more and more difficult. And maybe just because people aren't around um, when you're uh, for every meeting, but um, more particularly just because there is likelihood that one person doesn't agree. And so you might want to move on to a situation where it's um, uh, 75% like in company law with shareholders or maybe that's um, not appropriate but you might say all but one of the partners have to agree to important decisions and of course you need to define in your partnership deed what those important decisions are. So um, just thinking about bringing on a new partner, um, what, do, what do you think about the probationary period? Yeah, it's something that's, that's definitely used quite frequently. I think it, it gives the opportunity for everyone to, to get to know each other and find out whether they're going to work well enough together. Um, I, I think there's a misconception, perhaps, that if you're on a probationary period, then you're not really a partner. Um, and so you don't have to, for example, sign up to the partnership agreement or, or anything like that. And that's, of course, not the case, because even as a probationary partner, you're, you're still um, contributing to the decision making and, and you are you know you are a partner in in all intents and purposes so going back to the partnership deed point it is important that even if you're you've got a new partner serving a probationary period they do still sign up to the partnership agreement from from the first day that they become a partner um and, and then you also need to think the property is is potentially a, a big asset of, of the partnership particularly if it's you know a freehold title that's owned by the partners so if a partner is is going to be buying into that property you wouldn't expect them to do that until the, the end of their probationary period. Um, but you want to make sure that they do do that at the end of their probationary period. So 
you know, if they're not playing ball and they're not um, doing what they need to to buy in, then you might consider extending their probationary period, um, for example, just to make sure that you've still got that protection and that opportunity to require them to leave if if they don't do what's required of them in, in that sense. Probationary period also gives you an opportunity to then get all your ducks in a row in terms of the, the property buy-in as well, doesn't it? So you can do the valuation of the property and make arrangements with funders for, for any um, lending that, that's required, which could involve a refinancing, for example. Um, so it, it can certainly be a useful a useful mechanism, I think. I mean, I think some partners think, why bother um, doing a probationary period? Why not just join as a salaried partner? Um, and then, you know, become a partner um, afterwards. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, so the salary doctor route is um, can be quite dangerous because then they get all their employment rights. And if it, if it works out, it doesn't matter. But if it doesn't work out, you're then trying to get rid of a, um, an employee. And the normal process for making an employee redundant wouldn't work because you're, it's that particular person you're saying should leave because obviously you'll want to have somebody else to come in as a partner because you've decided they're not the right person. So you have got this issue of potentially an unfair dismissal claim against you. So I always say you shouldn't take people on as a salary doctor um, but you should bring them in as a probationary partner. The small thing that you do need to watch for in doing that is that um, they should um, sign up to your GMS contract. So you do vary your GMS contract when they become a partner uh, because that's what the regulations say, that every partner is a contractor. Um, if they don't go through their probationary period successfully, you have then got the issue of removing them. And that requires everybody's consent, including the retiring, or in this case, the probationary partner who is to leave. So you need to ensure that you have got a mechanism in place to, um, to that they have to sign the GMS contract variation when they leave if they don't past the probationary period. So I think uh, that is a, a very quick summary of um, the main things to think about when you're bringing in a um, new partner. Uh, make sure that you recruit them in a fair way. Uh, make sure that they understand um, the basis on which they're joining. If you're going to have a uh, performance reviews, which you should have during their probationary period, ensure that they understand that that will be the case and how it's done. Uh, be fair throughout. Uh, and hopefully at the end of it, you will have a partner who passes with flying colours. Um, everybody likes them um, and gets on with them, including the patients and the other staff. And you have built um, some more succession and continuity to your practice. Sounds brilliant, Justin. <laughs> if only it were that simple. <laughs> well, um, thank you, Kirsty. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And if you would like any other information or would like to um, have training as a new partner, please do contact us. 